You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Emery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. talking about gun club fire of love on the line i have rob oh, hey what's shaking ben hey john howdy and kyle hi there fire of love is the debut album by the american punk band the gun club released in august ni- uh, 1981 sorry august 31st of 1981 on ruby records the producer was chris d and tito lervina And I'm going to read from the book, Garth Cartwright. From out of nowhere, Los Angeles punk psychobilly pioneers, The Gun Club, arrived with a debut album that would outshadow their California contemporaries and prove hugely inspirational for the White Stripes and many other 20th century uh, garage bands. The sound is a paint-peeling raw. The lyrics are often uh, psychotic, and the songs... The songs are some of the best American rock and roll ever recorded. Originally named Creeping Ritual, Pierce and guitarist Kid Congo Powers formed the band in 1980 to play L.A.'s burgeoning punk scene. Pierce blended a huge array of influences, primarily blues with country and rockabilly touches alongside nods to the doors and Creedence Clearwater Revival to create a savage brew. He sang up a storm, whooping, shrieking, and crooning while his songs were steeped in dark southern lore with references to hunting blacks and threatening, I will fuck you till you die. Obviously, this could have been hugely offensive, but he sings with such theatrical elation that you know it's an act. Or maybe it isn't. Anyway, the likes of Sexby, She's Like Heroin to Me, For the Love of Ivy, and Jack on Fire rock fiercely with Pierce's readings of country blues standards, Preaching the Blues, and Cool Drink of Water suggests an immersion in music that way outstrips technique bores like Eric Clapton and Gary Moore. Released on a tiny independent label with a brutal Haitian zombie cover, Fire of Love, generated U.S. and Europe. Europe acclaim and garnered a strong cult following through subsequent gun club releases while often showcasing fine songs, never matched fire of love. All right. What do we think of the gun club fire of love? Who's a, who's a first time right here. All right. Me too. I've been baptized by the gun club this week and I am feeling the spirit. Nice. I love this album. I love what they've done with the place. <laughs> <laughs> really fix the place up, huh? Yeah, no, no. I, I I love the and we were getting a little of this with X, but the like the blend of like LA punk and American roots music is so cool. And then like I was looking at uh different people that were involved 
with this album and like uh like on the production end and it just seems like there's this whole sub sub scene of the la scene that's kind of taking the punk music into like american roots and mexican roots and that's really cool and interesting to me you know yeah i i definitely want to echo ben's sentiment that uh one of the producers on this is uh, Tito Lariva, as you said, Birch, and that you might know him from uh, Dust Till Dawn uh, as the lead singer of the band in the Titty Twister, uh, Tito and the Tarantulas. Uh, Tito and Tarantula, they're a yeah. real band too. You, yeah. can, you can still go see Tito and Tarantula. Absolutely. I mean, and that sentiment, like that sort of, um, I don't know, like dark American feel uh, with uh, the LA and Mexican vibe and also Delta Blues thrown in, it, it it's a good stew, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, I, Tito, I don't think plays on too much of the tracks, uh, but he does play on promise me just this kind of plaintive violin line that really ties the song together. And it's, it, it, it adds a, and, and a lot of the songs are, like you said, uh, sort of ominous, you know, there's, mm-hmm. there's, there's some menace in these songs, but that's the nature of, of, of the American crossroads. You know, it's, it's kind of that way. Yeah, it's it's a uh, it's like horror rock, but it's sort of a gothic southern horror rock, and uh, it it goes it goes to dark places. Um, I you know first couple of listens, I was like, wait, uh, there's a couple n n words in here, but you know, then I did some research and like looked into you know what the band was about and everything, and uh, sure, it wouldn't fly today, but you know, this was punk rock back then, I suppose. I got a big cramps vibe. Obviously, is that what uh, the the Poison Ivy song's about? For the love of Ivy, I, I assume so. That was the that was the only thing that I could come up with, unless he's just really into Ivy. Well, yeah. I mean, and, and also, didn't Kid Congo go on to play with the Cramps? Yeah, Con- yeah. Kid, Kid Congo at, by this point, Kid Congo had left the gu- Gun Club and joined the Cramps. Oh. And Gun Club had already toured with the Cramps at this point too. There's a bunch of blasters in the mix as well. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. The, 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 the scene that like blasters X cramps gun club like they're just one big incestual group on on, on getting up in each other's music and i like it (laughs) but i mean you gotta imagine that the like the punk psychobilly scene like the psychobilly or cow punk subgenre of this of the punk scene in la has got to be kind of small so they got to be tight you know there aren't that there aren't that many psychobilly has never been like a huge movement but it's real distinct when you hear it yeah. Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't describe any of those bands necessarily as psychobilly, though. I bet a lot of psychobilly bands would cite them as uh, as inspirations. Well, Cramps definitely Cramps. Right. Yeah. Okay. Cramps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. These are two. These are the two bands. I mean, that are defined kind of that psychobilly. Although people would say, you know, Gun Club, they habitate a different area they habitate actual like the delta blues element of this psychobilly or whatever they're looking at lead belly mm. and they're looking at robert johnson songs whereas the cramps are looking at eddie cochran and sun records so it's 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 almost like they saw the cramps and they said well yeah we want to do that but we also want to go even farther back like it's we like, want to take it a little bit farther back it's delta instead of memphis yeah mm-hmm. you know uh, and I thought I, I I I didn't know much. I still don't know much about Jeffrey Lee Pierce, but uh, uh, but I knew very little about him at the beginning of the week. But I was reading up on him a little bit, and I thought his existence 
prior to Gun Club was interesting. And I'm sure we'll touch on parts of it, like uh, him fronting the Debbie Harry fan club. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but what I thought was interesting was he was he was getting way into uh, Jamaican reggae music. He was way into that. So and he so much and he was like trying to get something started stateside. And he ended up going to Jamaica to experience the stuff firsthand. And he said, quote, I got beat up there too. <laughs> uh, he, through that experience, he kind of realized that there was as much as he liked the cultural reggae phenomenon that was going, he couldn't import that to the States. It would be false, you know? So he started to look into like what kind of, you know, musical history was domestic that he could just really do the deep dive. And he just, he just started leaning really heavy into the, the Delta blues and that lore. And I thought that was, that was cool. It's interesting, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that he did that instead of trying to uh, work reggae stuff into a gun club. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would have been an interesting mix of a sort of a punk reggae element mm-hmm. with his, demeanor with his lyrics and things i don't know how that would have worked out (laughs) yeah so you touched on a little bit he's a bit of a character um people would describe him we probably think of someone like jim morrison or kurt cobain he was very very charismatic and a you know a good performer who was a bit intense but he was also a bit aloof or people might say buffoon um so he was really well read had, you know, and poetic, but at the same time, he was also kind of reckless and prone to self-destruct. So it's like he had these opportunities to, um, to excel to, you know, he was giving some, uh, some breaks, but at the same time he would sabotage himself, uh, from, from those, uh, opportunities. He was a contributing writer for slash too. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Slash the guitarist or slash slash the the punk rock fanzine. Okay, because yeah, he didn't he didn't live too too long, so I didn't think he was writing too much for Slash the guitarist. But he, he could have. He died he like ninety six. Yeah, they, died they, like ninety six. I think they overlapped. Okay, so yeah. but the fanzine. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he he was a ghostwriter for Slash's biography. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the licks that he writes as a guitarist are pretty sick. I mean, they are based off that Delta Blues like bottleneck which like, I guess becomes electrified and people hear it as Chicago blues, which then everybody's like, Oh, well that's Detroit blues and that's white stripes. So it, it does Maybe follow that blues. snake. God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> Part of that though, is it's an open E tuning that you play on with one finger. And that, that really defines a lot of, um, when you hear older blues musicians, they have open tunings most of the time. So they'll, mm-hmm. they can use a, a slide easier on the neck than than they would be if it was in a standard tuning. And I think Chicago gets into more standard tune, tuning. It's more about the solos and mm-hmm. and uh, riffs and things where I think intensity, in my view, you know, more the more intensity um, mysticism comes from that sort of open tuning, uh, ra- rabble rousing music, kind of like he wanted to create. This is some swampy voodoo punk. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Guess who it, it inspired? <laughs> it's me. <laughs> <laughs> this is like one of the, this band, the cramps, and there's a handful of other bands that John Spencer blues explosion. were just like, those are my bands. Like it just inspired me to pick up guitar and, and keep doing it. 
Yeah, his his emotional power when he's delivering lines is like turned to 14, 15, like way above 10. I mean, yeah. he's, just, he's just pushing it, which is great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, only, only bad part about this record is I wish there's something about that production being really raw, which is was great, but there's something that almost feels a little thin. Like it doesn't, doesn't translate. I did notice on the, um, there is a remaster now on Spotify and it was better than I had, uh, remembered it, but it was still, it's like, it's only as good as, you know, how it was recorded. But, um, he does, uh, in the, the next album they do Miami, it is, um, it is a little bit better. But it doesn't. The funny thing is, it's better, but it doesn't have the the rawness. So it's like pick your poison there. I'm totally yeah. fine with the production of this album. Yeah, I'll just I'll just turn it up louder. Yeah. It's, the, it's, the, you know? <laughs> it's the Bowie mix versus the Iggy mix question. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> kind of. Yeah, that Miami record is really good too. Is that are we are we getting that? No, I don't think that's awesome. No, no. Yeah. Why? Gotta have more room for uh, white stripes albums. And that means I've got to <laughs> I've got to wait like three more years before I can actually listen to stuff that I want to listen to. <laughs> yeah, speaking of the white stripes, I mean Jack White has cited the Gun Club as whenever possible, just like the Rolling Stones cited, you know, I don't know, Screaming Jay and all those other blues musicians, BB King. Uh, he's definitely said that they're a huge influence and. They they should start teaching gun club songs in schools. I think. <laughs> yeah, it, he specifically mentioned uh, for love of Ivy. <laughs> yeah. I wish I. You know, <laughs> it's just it wouldn't take that long. It's just one three one five repeat. You know, <laughs> especially with that open e tuning, they can take an afternoon teach all the seventh graders for love of Ivy. <laughs> <laughs> teach him about. Racism in the South. <laughs> yeah. Also teach them that. Yeah. But also teach them uh, garage rock. Yeah. Blues were like a man. I was up this morning. Blues were like a man. Where it blues? Give me your right hand. Every time I was a child, told me all upside down. It has a nice jangle too. I've always noticed with his guitar that in, inspired, you know, a lot of later '90s bands. What we would consider kind of like, uh, I don't know, alternative bands like REM and and some of those bands, uh, Miracle Legion. I got vibes of or the Replacements stuff like that, mm-hmm. where it has a, a little bit of a jangle, blues rock uh, ideas. I like that jangle. Yeah. I just want to keep on listening to this. You know what I want? I want to, I'm sure that this had to happen. They were in the same town at the same time. I want to go back in time and see gun club and X play the same show. Yeah. And the blasters or yes. And the blasters or circle jerks. I mean, I would go to that show too. Yeah. Uh, their original name creeping ritual was, uh, they kind of called themselves that. And then, uh, 
Keith Morris from the Circle Jerks said, no, nah, it's not a good name. Uh, <laughs> go ahead and change it to the Gun Club. And they thought, OK, that's great. So Pierce <laughs> in a in a for that, he then gave them the title for group sex. Oh, wow. <laughs> and they, uh, they just kind of traded like these names for whatever. Do you think that Gun Club is a better name than Creeping Ritual? Yes. Yes. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, like objectively or for the sound. I mean, Creeping Ritual is a pretty good name for like a, a you know doom metal band, but not for this band. I kind of like it. It's got that voodoo spooky. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got to have the spooky, but the Gun Club has that like weird Southern vibe. Yeah. And you got, and, and there's definitely the pictures that flavor. Of, um, <laughs> like it's normally just Jeffrey with the gun, but it's like, the, I've seen like band photos, like the band standing there. And then Jeffrey's got like the Colonel Sanders ribbon tie, just like holding a shotgun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah their, their photos are pretty wild. That's for sure. Uh, speaking of their appearance. So he, he dyed his hair blonde because of Debbie Harry, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he loved Debbie. Harry. And his hair is like past shoulder length. So yeah, past shoulder length dyed blonde hair. And then like, you know, like a, yeah. Uh, uh, what do they call that tie? The Colonel Sanders tie. Ribbon it's tie. A, ribbon tie. There you go. Oh, yeah. Ribbon tie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not bad. I saw a picture online uh, the other day of pre gun club, pre blonde Jeffrey Lee Pierce, when he was just the nerdy chubby president of the Debbie Harry fan club, West coast division. And it's a picture of just like him standing next to Debbie Harry. And he does not at all look like, like a year or two later, he he will be bursting onto his own scene. You know, <laughs> he he he, look, he looks like like a nervous kid with a crush. That's what happens. <laughs> Just yeah. needed to get his ass kicked by his heroes a couple times. <laughs> right, it's, it's really good for you. It absolutely is a hundred percent good for you. <laughs> uh, they they were also uh, running the uh, Ramones fan club. Oh really? Yeah, yeah Kid Congo was huh. the head of the Ramones fan club. Yep, that's that awesome. <laughs> But uh, after witnessing Pierre Ubu at L.A.'s Whiskey A Go Go 1978, the idea for the band was hatched. So bringing uh. it back to previous uh, punk bands we've talked about. Yeah, they, they didn't nice. even know how to play instruments. So I said, pick up a guitar. We'll do it. <laughs> Man, uh, bringing that Cleveland sound to L.A. <laughs> <laughs> That does. That, I mean, if you if you tra- trace those influences, that makes a lot of sense because Perubu is like one of the strangest bands we've reviewed. I think yeah. they were awesome. I mean, super great, but very very distinct yeah. delivery. You know, emotive kind of force of nature on some of the songs. You know, yeah, I would say very intense. They're an intense band. Um, maybe not Dave Thomas, but yeah. <laughs> but uh, they have some intensity. The Wendy's guy. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> yeah kind of loves that ti- tiny oboe <laughs> and those square burgers he loves Wendy's <laughs> for sure uh, guys I'd, I'd, I'd hate to be the let's hear it Rob do it do it the, the be, be in the, the bonnet or whatever um, this if this band was if me now was at a house show and this band was playing in the basement I would have left three songs in wow Huh. It's I like I've got no room for my butt to shake. Exactly. No, I, I've, I've got <laughs> I've got I've got five five things starred here, but like the the front half is real great, and then the back half just keeps going. 
Hmm. And it, it there, there's not enough. I mean, obviously, if, if everything's an open E, you're not going to have too much going on aside from open E. But it it doesn't. Um, it just doesn't progress anywhere that keeps my attention for very long. Opening two tracks, though, dear God, like for that alone, like that's a that is a hell of a one two punch. Um, I don't know. Like I, I was thinking about a dumb hot take that this is just Stevie Ray Vaughan for people who say they don't like Stevie Ray Vaughan. Um, this is a real horrible take, but like it, I, I don't know. There's something about it that, uh, that I find off putting after, uh, 10 minutes. Well, huh. doesn't, doesn't Stevie Ray Vaughan solo a hot, like a, a shit ton. Isn't that kind of his, he, his, he's, he's very good at playing the blues guitar. Yeah, he and there aren't there aren't like crazy solos on this album, but I but I hear what you're saying. It is that sort of like, oh, let's you like slide blues. Here's some slide blues. I, I see some of that and, argument. Yeah, sure, and, I, I I do to a certain point, but then you know the the repetition gets gets dull for me. And the, and I'll agree, the second half is is weaker than the first half, but I still really like you know, and maybe it's it's focusing on Pierce for you that gets old. Maybe I don't know, but the rest of the band is also very good. Um, the, the drummer on black train does an excellent job of, of yeah. making an interesting beat. Like there's, there's things to like, but it's, it's more, you know, picking around the rice to find the nuggets of pork. On I the really, half. <laughs> I really thought it would be, it would grow on me like five listens in. Like I thought this would be like, okay, yeah, yeah, I get it. But I'm, I'm at the same point I was like when I first started listening, I was like, you know, f- first half great. And then just kind of like my, my attention is drawn elsewhere. It's, it, it it's just a stylistic thing that I'm not. I'm incredibly excited about it but i mean i i no i i get i get why it's exciting for for some people but it may be my blues bias i don't know i i i have had that uh it have been loud about it so. i think it's Who your blue, part of your blues bias but i'd also understand where you're coming from uh on this because i do feel like there have been other bands that have probably taken what the gun club have done and executed it uh what would you say more effectively and been more interesting. Um, but this is, this is the document. This is sort of the starting place and it's a very good original idea of translating, like taking that original blues and not just co-opting it, but also infusing, you know, original spirit punk mashing that all, all up together. So I, I do get your, it's still using the same material going over the same chord progressions. It is changed in some, some fashion, but yeah, unless you, uh, unless you like everything, including maybe the source material, maybe it doesn't uh, translate into a, something you feel like is different. I don't know. uh, I I don't feel this way about the Ramones, which is all just roots, like one, four, one, five, five, four, one over and over and over again. Like, I don't know what the difference is. It's not, I like Jangle. Oh yeah, they, these songs are incredibly long, hypnotically so. I imagine if one were to be uh, drunk or high, uh, for a person driving around drinking coffee, not so much. Um, I get. I you know you're absolutely right. I, I fucking love the blues explosion. Mm. Love them. Mm-hmm. That doesn't exist without this. Yeah. So like you know. So fuck me. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, Rob. I was I was kind of with you the like the first listen through. Like I was like, oh, these first two songs are great, but they're kind of running out of steam. These songs are really long, but I got kind of intrigued by you know by everything on on display here. Like like somebody mentioned the 
I think Boggs, you said the stew. Yeah, it's a good stew. Yeah, it's a good stew. <laughs> I like it. It has one of my f- favorite like micro tropes in music, which is a uh, a song about a train that kind of sounds like a train. Absolutely, <laughs> Kyle. Thank you. <laughs> if you've ever written a song about a train and it doesn't sound like a train, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> what if you name your band train and your band doesn't sound like a train? <laughs> get the fuck out of here. Yeah, get the fuck out of your train. <laughs> Garbage. What if you name it after the air conditioning company train? Then you're up for a well, lawsuit, my friend. Like an air <laughs> Green Jello has something to tell you. <laughs> yes, oh, they sure do. Big Jello will come for you. You don't want to fuck with them. <laughs> you know, big Jello, that's just Jello. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Rob, did you did you take a listen to the follow up to this? Uh, no, I have not. That might is be that more your you? speed. I listened to it once, and I, I mean, I listened to this album a lot more, but I think that might be more my speed. I really enjoyed that second one. Yeah, you could you could make an argument that they did essentially the same thing that X did with their first and second album. So it has, it's a bit more polish and it's a bit less of the original idea in, in kind of stretching and and branching out a little bit. I'd be interested to hear that then. Yeah. It's good. Complete monster. So often when, I don't know, I don't want to say so often because the blues is so ubiquitous, but when a band is trying to, infuse their music with the blues it very often rubs me the wrong way because i don't know it just always sounds like they're there's playing the batman theme you know it's just always just 12 bars and turnarounds yeah and they're and, and they're playing that we call it the chicago blues but like urban blues electric blues the babysitting and, blues come on guys we've and the no, babysitting blues so many times but, what Gun Club is drawing from, and partly because you know Jeffrey Lee, Jeffrey Lee Pierce is just such a hardcore nerd on the subject matter, is just the like the rural haunted blues. You know, it's just like a lot more open spaces, a lo- like not necessarily sticking to the to the the Batman template, and it just there there's air flowing through it. There's jangles and it I, it's got the mojo so much so often when bands are going for like a blues thing they forget to have any mojo at all and for to me at least this album has a lot of mojo yeah in our cans right now we're listening to cool drink of water which on the second side i think is the song that really does embody exactly what you're talking about ben it's like that the the, the, the spooky blues <laughs> you know yeah. it's, it's it's got that that empty space where, uh, where a body can flow, you know? And, uh, yeah, it's interesting that that song is by Tommy Johnson, who is not Robert Johnson and is not related to Robert Johnson, but there is a battle apparently about which one of them actually met the devil at the crossroads. It's and people disputed. say it's, it's very disputed. Weird. Exactly. People say it was Tommy Johnson and that Robert Johnson stole it from him, but it's, you know, I think it's just another, you know, it's a common yeah, For what it's worth, the the biggest uh, Delta Blues nerd that I know, uh, Reverend Peyton, thinks it was Tommy Johnson. There you go. You heard it. It's Tommy Johnson. <laughs> uh, and then to, to to further muddy the waters, the character named Tommy Johnson in Oh Brother, Where Art Thou is an amalgam of both of those actual people. <laughs> <laughs>
told you about Sonny Boy Williamson, right? What about him? Sonny Boy was uh, a blues musician, and then he met, he went to a concert, and he saw someone else, he saw his name on the marquee, and someone else had <laughs> stolen his name <laughs> was playing Sonny Boy Williamson songs. <laughs> the past was a hell of a time. <laughs> so weird. And then he, Five different bands that are the zombies. He, And then the original uh, Sonny Boy died shortly thereafter, and everyone was like, (laughs) Is the other one alive? (laughs) Someone's got to wear the mantle. Exactly. (laughs) I feel the same way about what I'm listening to right now as I do Southern Culture on the Skids. It it bores me in the exact same way. How do you feel about a certain point? How do you feel about. like Howlin' Wolf. Just curious. Wouldn't know. Haven't heard enough Howlin' Wolf to give you... I think I listened to a Lead Belly's Best of once. Okay. But, you know, like... I don't know much about Howlin' Wolf. Yeah. I, I am... The things I've listened to have made me go, I don't want to dig. Yeah, you know? yeah. No, I, I get like, it. Uh, I'm not saying that... It, it, I don't... I'm not proud of this in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> uh, who was the dude that, we, that did... Uh, God damn it. 100 million years ago, like there was some like blues, old man blues man, uh, who played for the kids, like in Muddy Waters. It must have been, yeah, fucking Muddy Waters. Like, yeah, we've had two albums. I've dug everything that he's done. Yep. Like, I've been very into like what Muddy Waters was up to. Yep. Uh, It's cool. Like, for guys, who the hell covered Sex Beat? Like, what lady fronted band or all lady band covered sex beat? It's fucking killing me. I've I've tried to look it up and there's only like the only thing that pops up on Google is like Vogue interview with like a uh, Atlanta like all girl band uh, who played it with Kid Congo and it's definitely not them. There's like a version of sex beat I've heard and I can't find it anywhere and it's killing me because I knew this song well before I knew this band and I knew it from another band covering it. So okay. Oh, it's the coat hangers. Duh. Mm. The coat hangers. Oh, okay. That's who you're thinking of. Mm -hmm. Yep, they covered Sex Beat. Okay. There you go. And you probably heard it recently because um, uh, one of the members died. Uh, Yep. That's sad. Yep. Let's end on that sad note then. Hey, Bert, what do you think about this? Uh, Let's end on this. They're they're soundstruck (laughs) like a whip's... Tail smacking flesh, leaving stinging welts and, and stripes of blood. It was a sound of violent upheaval on both a grand and inner scale, the sound of lost American spirits, long believed dead and irrelevant, rising in an unforeseen fury, the sound of reality's dirty train barreling down the mountain into your shuddering, oblivious soul. Ooh. As written by who? <laughs> By Birch Miller? 
I mean, you know, just it, it, it has it, been written that quote. <laughs> then it turns out it's just the end of Stand by Me, but it's Birch as opposed to Richard Dreyfus. <laughs> Play baseball with Jeff the sun. Clark uh, in his article, "The Gun Clubs of Fire Smolders On." It's a really good read, actually. Yeah. Uh, also, I found that crazy website. What was that called? Archive something. Oh my god. Oh yeah. Uh, the most insane some someone is an insane person they literally took every flyer from the gun club the birthday party and like five to six other bands and documented every single show it was it was nuts. Yeah. wow from the archives.org yep that is a yeah. crazy it's website and also bananas. he has like a list of a thousand records in five you know it's like records i am looking for and then like half of them are scratched out. It's it's bonkers banana. Early internet stuff. Uh, what I think of The Gun Club. Great. Great band. It is giving me some awesome blues. You know, it gets me excited. Really, if music gets me excited, then I'm, I tend to go po- positive on it. Um, and yeah, I'm a big fan of the early Delta Blues, and this is a translation into punk rock. Two things I like. So, win-win. Uh, what do you think? Um, I got five out of ten songs I thought were all right. Um, I'm 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 going neutral. Uh, mm-hmm. I I under I understand the importance. It's just not not my jam. Not all of it was my jam. I would definitely put it on a mixtape. There's definitely some tracks I would, I would I'd throw one of those, but th- this won't be a thing that I spin all the way through ever again. Full positive over here. Uh, this album very much excites me. I wish I had been listening to it this whole time. I'm now going to... I want to d- delve a bit deeper into this uh, this scene. Birch, you probably know about him, but while, while I was reading about Gun Club, I kept on reading about the, the band Flesh Eaters mm-hmm. and about... And from what I've read, I should listen to that one too. Uh, and I, I feel that like I, I'm just gonna start going down a rabbit hole with, uh, uh, with this scene. I really like this record. I will play it repeatedly and loudly. I'd give it a positive. Um, I'm, I'm sort of between, I guess, Ben and Rob on that. Um, it, not every song is the greatest, but the songs that are on here are strong enough, interesting enough to really carry the rest of the album for me. So I can't, I can't go to neutral for it, you know, and, and maybe some of the things like Jack on fire just rubs me a little bit the wrong way, just the way he's delivering it. But um, you know, there's, there's still value in it. It's, it's not bad in any way. So definitely a positive. If I saw it out, I would, I would pick this album up. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to go positive too. Um, This was a band that was a total blind spot for me. I'd never listened to any of their stuff. I don't think I'd heard any of their singles. Um, but it was fun. It was fun to learn about this Pierce guy, this lunatic. Um, it was it was great hearing these songs. It was great doing a deep dive on what the what the songs are about and what kind of guy uh, Pierce was. Um, and yeah, that that one two punch uh, to start off the record. I mean that that had my ear immediately. And every time I've gone back to it, I get more and more excited <laughs> when those two songs come on. So um, I understand what Rob's saying, but I eventually, you know, kind of came out. Came over to the the positive side. Yeah, so thumbs up. Cool. I did. Uh, I did want to read it. Did you guys look up Christ Guys review for this? No, I didn't. No. Please what tell did me. Say? Okay. 
uh, mixed slide guitar with loose talk about sex, death, and er Negroes, and you pass yourself off as the Rolling Stones of the Nouveau Wavo. Wish I could claim absence of merit, but in fact it has its tuneless hooky allure. No matter how seriously Jeffrey Lee Pierce pretends not to take it, though, I'll take it less seriously than that. And more. Whoa. <laughs> B. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah he was kind of scared too that he would be considered inauthentic uh but then he he was like the rolling stones exist they're he's a middle you know he's middle class la suburban kid and they're middle class white london suburb kids so yeah what you know if you're passionate um it can translate yeah if you love something you love something there's nothing there is nothing wrong. All right. Next time we'll be talking about Bauhaus mask. All right. Thanks y'all. Got a little kitten friend down here who needs to go Ooh. upstairs. Yeah. But all of a sudden I had a better thought. Let's go home.